Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. I'm Becca. And today's podcast topic is a Golden Group update. And if you missed what a Golden Group is, you should go back and check out that promotion. What is a Golden Group? Uh, it was right, right before this episode, actually. And if you want to know more about the people talking, uh, John Cook actually did some episodes with me in the past called How to Make Yourself Useful. So you can go check those out, the part one and part two of that series. And today I also have another guest with me and I'm excited to introduce both of them to you. Thank you both for being here today. Hello, Becca. You're welcome. Thanks. Can you tell me your names at first and last and a little bit about what you both are working on? Well, my name's John Cook. I'm working on what we call the Crescendo Project. It's a perpetuity project to see if we can find a way to fund the orchestra into existence forever. That's the Crescendo Youth Orchestra here in Hibbing. Okay, yeah. And Stephen, tell me, a, oh, okay, before even Stephen intros himself, this guy is like a wizard of technology, <laughs> has quite a few of his own side projects going on. Um, but anyways, go ahead. Tell me first, last name, what you're working on right now. Good afternoon. Uh, Steve Sanders. I'm working with, with John Cook on, on the uh, Crescendo project, bringing electronics into the displays that we're, we're trying to do to create the, uh, the perpetuity fund for Crescendo. Yeah, okay, so display projects. I really wanna, I know we were talking about, there's so many different displays, but one of them specifically that you both have been working on is the Sparks. And tell me what that is and why it's important. Well, this is John. We, we chose to do the Spark first because it's a, a prototype of many of the things that we have to do. So if we can solve the problems on one of the displays, we're solving the problems for many of the displays. For the, for the children's museum specifically? Yeah, what it is, a, an okay. exploratorium style. Uh, museum is probably not the proper word. Exploratorium is a borrowed word. There's an exploratorium in San Francisco that set the bar really high for what museums should be. And that's because you go and you explore and you discover and you put your hands on it and have a really good time. We're looking at this as a beginning piece for our project. Let's work into the revenue stream we're going to go forward. The museum part of it is the proof of concept part of it for us. So the Spark Machine is a way to say if you can exchange the information of how a Spark uh, interacts with the world and how you interact with Spark and how it's made all of our history, uh, from lightning strikes down to electronics, that hands-on displays will begin to express and explain in exploratorium style uh, how to unfold information that's kind of worth consuming. So that's why we call the Spark Machine. It's, it's a good start to, to Spark, and it's a good machine to try, and it's going to be a lot of fun for people to, to play with when we're done. It's a series of displays, actually, not just one, but many pieces. So when Steve came on board to, to help do this. Um, he's the spark to make it work, to, to bring the pieces to where we can electronically and um, visually make everything in an, an interface where people can actually touch it, look at it, play with it, and then we'll move to the next piece. Okay, so we're talking specifically when you say spark, the concept and understanding and background behind electricity, yes? Uh, or, or the spark behind understanding, the spark to ingenuity or to curiosity or to involvement or just get up and have a spark in your life and we thought that this spark machine is a good allegorical way 
to, to begin to express it, both for ourselves and for other people. And um, it's a very visual thing when you start working with sparks, electricity, or lightning, or light, or wavelengths, or sound, or music. All of these things are tied together to make a, a display that will do that. So it's the spark of everything. Right. Well, and especially when you talk on a on a lower level on in terms of like your actual brain synaptic connections and how that is actually an electrical charge throughout that aspect of coming to those um, inspirations. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the spark. Yeah. So, Stephen, tell me a little bit about what you've been working on in, in this project. So with with the displays and and you know, specifically with the with the spark machine, what we're we're trying to do is do these displays beyond what you would say find in, in a normal museum in, to where you'd walk up to it and ooh, a, a picture comes on and it teaches you about something. Um, as as John said, it's more about an experimentorium i think that's how how you how you pronounced that's it right. to where going beyond the exploration we're going to go into experimentation and so you can walk up to a display and without even touching the display it's going to start interacting with you these days we are so tied to our our cell phones so tied to looking down and 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 not looking at what's in front of us when we were first uh, trying to set up the sound on this, it, you said with John and, and his white noise, and ma he made the joke about your, your kids and, and you talk and they don't listen. Well, it's kind of these days, kids tend to just bury themselves into their phones. So we want to have new, fun, interactive ways to, to excite them and, and almost reach out and grab them and say, hey, come over here, come check this out. You know, with the sound showers we're working on, just that, uh, how it'd be so cool to be able to walk into a location and then all of a sudden something's whispering in your, in your ear, Psst, come here, come here, come check this out. And with the focused sound, we're able to, to do that and they'd have no idea where it's coming from, but we lead them in into a, into a display, lead them into the direction of, of exploration. Like, yeah. And you both have kind of, you've kind of given me a couple different things that I want to clarify for, for people, especially because this is a podcast, right? And, and not everyone is going to be able to see the, the video footage or, or whatever within this, but let me just describe. So a sound shower is, um, essentially similar to how you in like science museums or whatever in the past, if you stood underneath, like almost like a domed ceiling, and you could send sound from it's ricocheting off different things to a, a select other point where only in that point can you hear what's being whispered to you from across the room. Let, let me explain it to you in a different way, okay. in a technical way. Here's what's happening. Everybody understands what a laser beam is. They took light, which used to go in every direction, and they were able to bring it down to a very fine focal point. And they can put a dot of light in either where they want to, and it doesn't go anywhere else. It's focused, focused light. Now they've learned how to do that with sound. Okay. They can take sound and they can put it down to a point. So you can focus it at somebody and they can hear you and the person next to them cannot. So it's like a laser sound. And so they call it a sound shower because when you put it from the top down, it covers a span of about three or four feet around you, but not the next three or four feet. So you can put a display next to a display next to a display and you can control the, the unfolding of the adventure. 
without interfering with what's next to you. So it's called a sound shower. The technology's moved up to where that's off the shelf now. A few years ago, it was special. Now, now we can get our hands on it. It's, it's expensive, but that's what the sound shower really is, is focused sound. Okay, so, and then the next thing I wanted to clarify with that, um, you both talked about how you can come up to something and it will uh, automatically start playing. So what kind of technology does that involve? There's, the fun part is there's so many different technologies that can be used. Um, let's say a ultrasonic sensor that, that measures the distance from you to the device that's projecting that, similar to bat radar. So it, which is actually true, it, it uses an <laughs> ultrasonic sensor similar to how bats uh, okay. do. Um, and then that's gonna stick. It is. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bat sensor <laughs> to the bat sensor. No. Um, so we can use ultrasonic. You can use um, motion sensors. We can use uh, pressure sensors. Um, so there's so many different input-output type sensors that we can use in order to, in order to, to do this. Okay. So we're not trying to invent new technologies. We're taking the ones that exist and just accommodating or changing our learning curve to where we can come up to what is on the shelf already and avoid the, the high cost of trying to invent something new in technology and just invent some new way to apply that technology. Okay. Yeah, so with that, with that being said, once you have this Spark concept ready to go, what's the next step for you all? Well, ongoing, there's a lot of parallel things, Becca. And, and Steve's working parallel with, with the, the design of the places we go. Um, it, it, the Exploratorium, or the Experimentorium, as you might call it, is, is divided up into large categories that we're going to develop Partly that's why we're interested in, in getting the podcast up to video cast so people can see it as, as it grows, we'll begin to film it and show it. Part of the entertainment is also the making of it. So each piece as it develops, it'll go from spark, it's gonna go into electromagnetism, it'll go into wavelengths, it'll go into sound, color, light, all the pieces that make up our visual audio world that we live in, in a playful way, in a fun way, but also in the scientific way. So what's next is, to begin to build the, the path forward in all of these areas simultaneously. Yeah, well, and I'm just like imagining the audio piece or the video piece with that because I'm so used to podcasting where I can like make hand motions to you and be like, stop moving your foot, like, <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, we're on, we're on video. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, I, I can't do that anymore. Or that's like clearly being seen by my facial expressions that that's catching me off guard. Whereas like in the past, that was never something that I ever had to worry about. And, or even um, a remote interview where I can mute myself to cough, <laughs> which well, we is- We didn't have to used to worry about wiggling our foot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I know. So with, with all those things, all right, so now, right now, you're working on building this out. And I, I hear that you have already had, um, I, I mean, you've been working on this for years, but you've already had, even in the last week, some some pretty big fanfare happening uh, around around the area. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think that's kind of Steve's story. Um, he ran into that one. What, what's happening 
is that we're becoming finally, since we have a place to work, visible enough that it's interesting for people to say, what are you doing? And they come and look and they say, that's cool. And they want to say, gee, can I play too? But I think Steve's story of how that happened is, is his contact with um, people in the past brought an interview to us. So. Yeah, so for for many years we've been trying to get this going and, and for many years as well, I, I guess not more than many years, pretty much my entire life, I've, I've had this dream of, of wanting to do content, whether it's writing, whether it's music, whether it's video. Um, and so I, I've had some opportunities to get involved with, with film and, and television. And with that, I've, I've met some really great people and some really great friends. One of them is, is Adam Jaganich with Fox 21. And we've still kept in contact, and we've we've talked and and visited quite often. And and when I told him that we were gaining a new space and, and moving forward, the first thing he said is, "Is when can I come and do an interview?" And okay. So here we are. We're in the space, and he came and and did an interview for Fox Twenty One, and that should be airing here sometime this week. And, and for those of you who are listening, this is actually already out because this episode is going to be airing right shortly after that. So you can find it on nice. uh, Fox 21 as well. Um, but with that, I'm just going to say I already had the plan to interview you all. So I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I, first dibs. Yeah. First okay. dibs. First and, and, <laughs> and the most consistent. But we, we find that as we begin to demonstrate and show where we think we're going, the ability to both tell the story and to develop the story simultaneously is growing. And we think that the telling the story is part of the content we're going to make. And developing the pieces becomes the outcome that we're going to have in the future. That's where mm-hmm. even Adam, when he came and visited, he says, I want to play too. Right. Well, and, and I think like it's really important for... Um listeners even in this episode to understand i don't know if you're noticing all the new background noises and part of that is because we're in a space right now for the crescendo youth orchestra but there's even more fun space below this that's a little quieter um where there's going to be full-out studio right and develop the the prototype pieces in the basement here yeah and uh, a prototype or a proof of concept for each of the the hills we have to climb Mm-hmm. So the spark is one. Uh, learning to have the, the interface for the technology is another. Mm-hmm. Can we attract people to like it? Are we on the right path? Those are all proof of concepts. And at some point, then, can it emerge and will people participate with us if, it, if it's good for them? Each one's a proof of concept. We can do that in the basement here in, in real size and full time. Yeah. Well, and with that, uh, there's like this whole piece of me that is like background for for those who don't know context um i forgot my podcast recording equipment at home (laughs) besides my computer and so this morning was a mad scramble of should i go home and get it should i go should i get here what should we do and i know that you all are looking at putting together a studio space for podcasting and so conveniently you happen to have mics ready to roll well, in, in time, you'll become our guest in the podcast studio for filming. <laughs> I look forward to and it. And as it progresses, and then this is what Steven's working on, is, is the all the things that actually make it work. I mean, I, I can move the mics around really good, and I can plug them in and stuff. Just He makes them work. But at some point, it will be film, video, it'll be content, it'll be a library of content, 
and a series of stories that, that link together uh, and, and it's about the area. So <clears throat> as the people start to understand not only what we're doing, but, but it's about them, we hope that they'll become interested in why we're doing it and how we're doing it. Well, I, I think some of this stuff, when, you, when you're talking about building the studio and building a podcast and building a, a video and electronics and the, the whole shebang, if you would, what's happened is, is over the, the course of the last few years, we have not strayed from our, our path, um, and I'm, I am going to quote John on this one, make no mistake, we are working on Crescendo. And that is our, our, our path, our goal. But in order to achieve some of these things, we have to do, we have to prove out. So, for example, the spark display. Well, we want content inside that spark display. Okay, so how are we going to record that con uh, content? Well, we should have a studio. How are we going to record voiceovers? Well, we should have a podcast studio. <laughs> How are, how are we going to develop the electronics? Well, we should have a, a hackerspace area, if you would. So all of these things that we are trying to do in order to build the exploratorium, create content, create a, a revenue stream for Crescendo are necessities, if you would. Um, but for us... Well, instead of going, well, we need to outsource that. We need to look at that. Why can't we do it all in-house? Why can't we do it ourselves? And why can't we bring people along that want to share in, in the same dreams and aspirations that we have? Yeah, yeah. And uh, now, like, I know you keep saying now that we have a space. And I think that that's the thing when you go into, um, let's just say, the basement, right? <laughs> <laughs> the basement and I think you get you have a name so you should tell me the name but um this this building specifically if if you want to get even more technical with it um like there was a series I did a history series on Dottie Power and how she built a business and the building that we are in today the crown ballroom um is in that series the, the, the rich history behind that so you definitely can check that out but where you go in the basement is a massive space that is almost like a creator's dream studio of every, and honestly, like I, I'm saying this mostly for myself, but like it's a place where you can literally play and do whatever you want because you guys have invested so much in building it and the technology itself. And you're both smiling right now because you're like, yeah, it's like the ultimate like tech dream place or whatever. But um, tell me a little bit about the name of the studio that you have created. Well, because we're inviting other people in the near future to come along the journey with us. And some of those, such as yourself, you have your own studio in your own home and you have a name on your studio. We would want you not to come under our flag, but alongside of it. There's, there's other people who have names of what they're doing. So we looked at it and said, we need an overview name, which, which we're looking at is Birchwood Studios. Okay, Birchwood because Studios. Because we're not Hollywood. We're not Pinewood in England. We're on the Northland in here. And we said, well, we, we're, we're amongst the trees too. Why don't we call ours Birchwood? They can have Hollywood and they can have Pinewood. We'll have Birchwood. We thought that will fit it. Then other people's flags can fly in there too. When we have a... a um, Steve has a company that, that, that 
we're enjoined in, and I have a company that he's enjoined in. Uh, I call my work Story, uh, Story Doors st a Studio. So mm -hmm. I, I've been using that for two decades now. That, that what I do is called Story Doors. But when we, do, we look at electronics, Stephen, what do you want to call yours? Well, what, I, what I've called for the electronic side is Electrified Imagination. It's, Which has a great logo, by the way. It, it does. And he, yeah. he's created it himself. <laughs> so this way we don't step on each other's personal studios, but together we come under the flag of Birchwood Studios. Other people will come along too who, who have their names. So the, it's just like in when you say studios, it has an S at the end. It's not studio. It's studios. And if you look historically at any of the Hollywood studios or Pinewood studios, it's comprised of 15 or 20 different companies, some places 30 different companies in the same lot. Where, where they go and they, they use all of the facilities together. They don't all build a podcast station. They don't all build a sound stage. They come and use them. And, 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 okay. And so that's what a studio, studios would be as a place where others can come and use. In the future, these studios will be many people doing many things. And, and one of our offerings in time will be our library of content. The museum is the project that we can do in person that doesn't really get knocked out of our hands. We can do that whether rain or shine, whether lots of money or little money, with time or not time, we continue to work on it. So as we grow, that path that's charted out, that's our spark. And the spark, like, like Stephen was saying, is, well, in that spark, we have sound showers, we have soundtracks, we have video films that'll go with it. The companion pieces that go alongside to tell that has to have a storyline. Those storylines have to be connected and they have to fit the, the rest of the story that we're doing. So it's a very long process. You yeah, need a, you need a studio to do that. Yeah, and essentially, what you're creating is content that anyone can enjoy, and other people can contribute to and make their own as well as a piece of it. And I mean, oh, there's so many, there's so many things underneath that. And I, this is like, if you haven't seen something like this before, this is like a grassroots movement of where things really truly start for a lot of organizations and. And people who are visionary. And I mean, I kind of talked a little bit about that and what a golden group is and what, what's happening here. We've been laying the groundwork for a lot of this for, for, for four or five years. Mm -hmm. Steve and I started tinkering with this almost five years ago now. And so part of the upfront work was just, gee, do you think we could do it this way? Should we do something that way? And now it's coming down to this goes here and that goes there. So with a, with a floor space and an envelope to work in, we can say, let's do that idea over here and we'll tag it to this one over there. So continuity is coming to focus. As we do, we want to share it with the community through podcasts, through video casts, and those will become short films. <clears throat> we're not a film studio, but we're going to studio that's going to film. We need the films. It's not a commercial project, but it will have a commercial outcome at some point in the future. So my final question for you both would be, what are you most excited about right now with this project for each of you? Blue sky. I mean, <laughs> we, we, okay. You know, that, that I am most excited about opportunity to play in a gigantic sandbox with anything and everything possible. <laughs> you know, we, we, the motto is, can we do it? Let's find out. Just being able to to take something that is very personal and enjoyable, and and being able to to watch other people enjoy 
what I have created. I think that that's probably one of the coolest things that I'm that I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. is when we have when we have Tangible. one done, mm-hmm. and and we've set these things out, and you have child, adult, who name it, walk up and go, wow, you know, and and they leave in a way better than when they came in, or or you know, if, mm-hmm. if I can if I can mm-hmm. give them something to to enjoy, to learn, to grow, I think that would just be awesome. Mm-hmm. So what makes me the the most excited is, that, as Steve says about Blue Sky, there, there's two forms of resource. There's the resources you have in your hand, which you tend to monetize and you tend to budget. And there's the resources that you reach for, which is Blue Sky, which has no boundaries. You can't monetize it, you can't control it, you can't budget it. You only do that when you can bring it down to the ground. And what's exciting is when you can bring Blue Sky down to the ground so others can budget it, you, you've hit the threshold of the barrier to entry to all projects, mm-hmm. being able to blue sky down to the ground mm-hmm. and have others participate and make it grounded. The project is getting grounded out of blue sky is a very exciting place for a project to be. And I think, I think that's probably, he's probably described it the best. It's a, a blue sky project that we're getting grounded after many years of saying, what are we going to do? And we have lots of people who are looking at it saying, oh, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. And as it becomes visible, and you've seen parts of it, it's become, becoming visible. You say, oh, I see. When you wave your hands, it didn't mean much. When you point to the picture on the wall, I see where you're going. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exciting is because now we don't have to take it out of a suitcase and put it on the wall and then take it back down and move it around. It's going to grow. Each little department we're working on will grow and self-explain. You walk in the room and it will self-unfold. And when it does, people either like it or they don't. And if they don't, that's helpful. If they do, that's even more helpful. I- I'm excited about blue sky to the ground. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So what uh, should we be hearing from you next and where? Well, I th- think we're going to try to find a way. I say we. I got a, a mouse in my pocket. <laughs> we, and, we and someone else. <laughs> we and someone else. We're trying to find a way to, to make it possible for that when you hear about something, you can go online and you'll be able to see it. Uh, images of it, develop it, uh, watch it grow, participate. Um, the building of the library of content is part of that. How to do it, how to make it work is part of that. So we're shooting for the, the interface, how people can begin to touch it now while we grow it. Because it's going to take quite a while yet to grow this. But we want to have pieces that are visible in a fairly short period of time. Mm-hmm. Podcasting is one thing. Uh, video podcasting is another. And then film clips, short film clips is another. Those will solve other problems for us in the display, so we need to do to kind of get on that next. Yeah, I think that's where we're headed is becoming more visible to the community, and I, I think we'll in that maybe in the very near future we'll start talking about this what the story frame means that mm-hmm. we're telling the stories in, what the area means, what the core is, what the story core is, how it's going to work and why, and then the exhibits become a part of that story core. Yeah, and I think. I think that going forward, that would be a really good next topic is what is a story frame and, and what does that look like to you all? And I think that that is the next where we're going in terms of uh, podcasting. If you are listening to this episode and you're wondering what all is going on, this is a golden group update on where we're at in building for the Crescendo Youth Orchestra. 
And building the Golden Group to do it. And building, yep, the Golden Group. So that's a little bit about where Stephen and John are at and what they're doing. And if you are looking for another update in the future on Business Talk Sister Gawk, you can find it. It'll have Golden Group Update as the first part of the uh, title. And it'll also have some gold in the image itself. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can give it a review on Spotify. And I will see you next week.